Good morning. It's Monday, October the 23rd, in the year of our Lord 2023. I'm J.D. Walt, and this is your wake-up call. Let's begin the week at the feet of Jesus. Let's just become conscious of Him. Let's become aware of His presence with us. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body to you as a living sacrifice. Jesus, we belong to you. And we're praying in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's entry is entitled, I'll See You on the Field. Our text is Acts chapter 11 this week. Today we will tackle verses 1 through 10. Hear now the word of the Lord. The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, You went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds. Then I heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter kill and eat. I replied, surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. The word of the Lord. Now consider this. I'm not sure why, but there's a word jumping out at me in today's text. See if you can pick it out. It's in the second verse. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, You went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. You saw it too, didn't you? The word is criticized. Look back now at the first verse. The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. They knew about the miraculous awakening. They knew an unprecedented supernatural breakthrough of Jesus happened in Caesarea in the home of a Gentile. Here's what we would wish for the second verse. 
So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the church met them at the city gate. Moved with exuberant excitement, they rushed the apostle and his band, picked them up and put them on their shoulders, and escorted them back into the city, where a feast of epic proportions awaited them. Upon arrival, they worshipped Jesus together with loud singing and exultation. Then they invited Peter to tell them the whole story, detail by detail, punctuating the telling with all manner of curious questions and insightful comments. <laughs> Instead, we get this. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. It reminds me of the seven favorite words of so many churches. We've never done it that way before. It reminds me of those words Jesus spoke to Peter that day in Caesarea Philippi after Peter famously recognized him as the Lord of heaven and earth. On this rock, I will build my church. Something tells me Peter reminded himself of this all the time. Jesus said, I will build my church. He didn't say, you will build my church, or even you will build your church. That is what we are witnessing in the Acts of the Apostles. Jesus is building his church. He's doing it according to his will and his way. This is usually the reason we've never done it that way before. This is usually the reason our impulsive response to extraordinary breakthrough is criticism. Don't hear me wrong. There is certainly a place for clear thinking and critical analysis. Most of the time, though, that's not what's happening in situations like this. Critical minds exude curiosity. Critical spirits exercise suspicion. You went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. That wasn't an interrogatory. It was an indictment. It reminds me of the little saying of Dale Carnegie I learned as a teenager when I happened upon his most famous book in my parents' bookshelf. Anyone can criticize, condemn, and complain, and most people do. At least that's how I remember it. It has challenged me all my life as I often feel my bent toward critical thinking edge over into a critical spirit, which most often comes from some underlying anger or FOMO. You know what FOMO is, the fear of missing out. It reminds me of that powerful excerpt from the speech of Theodore Roosevelt I first saw in college. It absolutely arrested me, and I immediately committed it to memory. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbled or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, 
whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly and who errs, who comes up short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. I suspect that was the day I began my descent from the lofty gallery of the critical commentators and the safety of the sidelines to enter the arena, come what may and no matter what. And that's how I have come to know you. After all, we didn't meet in a toxic internet forum of biting sarcasm barbed analysis, and crass cynicism. We met on the fields of awakening, where we are doing our level best to sow the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus. It's why I close out every day of our audio version of our wake-up call with these words. You know what I'm going to say. I'll see you on the field. The Prayer of Transformation. Lord Jesus, I am your witness. I receive your righteousness and release my sinfulness. I receive your wholeness and release my brokenness. I receive your fullness and release my emptiness. I receive your peace and release my anxiety. I receive your joy and release my despair. I receive your healing and release my sickness. I receive your love and release my selfishness. I receive your curious mind and release my critical spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, transform my heart, mind, soul, and strength so that my consecration becomes your demonstration, that our lives become your sanctuary. For the glory of God our Father, amen. The question for today, have you learned the difference between a critical mind and a critical spirit, between gracious curiosity and toxic suspicion, between we've never done it that way before and what might Jesus be up to here? Are you in need of healing from the critical spirit of others? Jesus stands ready. And for our hymn today, 
We're going to sing one you love, Be Thou My Vision. It's number 49 in our seedbed hymnal, our great Redeemer's praise. Be Thou My Vision, number 49. We'll sing all four verses. Be Thou My Vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that Thou art. Thou my best thought, by day or by night. Waking or sleeping, Thy presence my light. Be Thou my wisdom, and Thou my true word. I ever with Thee, and Thou with me, Lord. Thou my great Father, I Thy true Son. Thou in me dwelling, and I with Thee one. Riches I heed not, nor man's empty praise. Thou mine inheritance now and always. Thou and Thou only first in my heart. I, King of heaven, my treasure Thou art. I, King of heaven, my victory won. May I reach heaven's joys, O bright heaven's sun. Heart of mine own heart, whatever befall, still be my vision. O ruler of all. Amen. You know, that's a hymn for people in the arena, people on the field. You don't get on the field unless you have that vision. And it's not like, what's my vision? It's That is the vision. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Well, it's Monday, gang. And I think this word that we've had today is a good one. I I know there are many of you out there serving in the kingdom. Some of you are serving vocationally in, in jobs in the church. Many, many more of you are serving in all manner of mission in your life, in every context, on every field. And when you do that, you just can bank on being criticized. It's coming. It's going to happen. And what we have to do is we have to learn not to take it personally. We have to sort of come to realize that oftentimes, People aren't seeing us as we are. They're seeing us as they are. It's not really about us, the criticism. Oftentimes it can be something broken in them. Now, you don't want to just turn it around on them. That's a, 
that's also can be a toxic way of, of dealing with people who have legitimate concerns. That's the word for that, I think, would be gaslighting. We don't want to do that. But we want to be gracious recipients of what people bring us. And we want for them to feel heard and loved and recognize that these little encounters can actually be undoing of the Lord's work, or they can actually be strengthening of the Lord's work. It can be turned into blessing. So there's that. And then there's a lot of people out there who have really felt bludgeoned and burdened by others with a critical spirit. Sometimes people have grown up in homes that are characterized that way, and boy, that can do so much damage. And and the crazy thing is how that can find its way into your own spirit, and you can find yourself unwittingly being that way. That way you hate, hated being treated so much, you can find yourself doing that to other people. And the word there I have for you is the only way for that cycle to be broken is forgiveness. You actually have to forgive the person who brought that critical spirit to bear on you. And that's not to say, you know, that was all, it's all okay now, everything's good. No, not at all. It's just to say, I release you from that way of sinning against me. I release you from it. I no longer hold you responsible for it. I no longer hold out a debt against you. I will no longer retaliate against you. And that's what's happening, see. You can't really retaliate directly against a person with a critical spirit, so you wind up doing that retaliation subversively toward other people and even toward yourself. You're self-critical. That's what forgiveness is. It's that decision, that willful decision that says, I'm not going to retaliate anymore. I'm not going to pay back. I'm not going to get back. I'm not going to do that anymore against you, against others, against myself. I'm going to forgive. I don't know. That's more than I really thought I'd say or wanted to say about it, but I think that's, that's important to breaking that cycle. I want to invite you to come out tonight. We're going to meet at 7 Central. The Zoom link is in the email. It's going to be a fellowship hour. I'm looking forward to it. We had so much fun doing this at the New Room Conference just over lunch. Did some Q&A, some storytelling. We'll sing a hymn, maybe two, maybe have a testimony. We'll see. We'll see what the Lord has for us, but it will be encouraging. So that's 7 tonight, Central Time, 8 Eastern, you know, do the math if you're going back west. Let's get our seats together, guys. We got to hit the field. It's Monday. I'll see you on the field for the awakening. I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.